Thank you for your presence today. Soul searching can be an unenviable task, particularly if we are unwilling to stand before God and see ourselves as He sees us. Are we truly living for Christ? Are we bearing witness of true salvation? Or are we just going through the motions without fruit that bears true conversion? Are we dealing with our spiritual deficiencies? Are we confessing and repenting of our sins and depending on God to strengthen us? Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander imparts wisdom to us today. The Lord desires that you would grow, pursue Christian maturity, and deepen your knowledge in Christ. You must put yourself in position to grow through personal Bible study. That's your own quiet time in your house, during your lunchtime, sitting on the couch somewhere, of that un of, of that place where you have no distractions, studying the word of God, personal Bible study in God's word. You grow through conferences like we're going to have next Sunday and not be absent. That's a, that's a great conference coming up and you'll skip out and you miss what God has from you. That's the seminars that comes, like the ninth seminar and conference, the Nuthetic Conference that's coming. That's Bible study that we have here. That's Sunday school that we have here. That's even going to Bible school, sitting in a class or going online. You go, can go all kinds of ways. You can do all kinds, there are all kinds of opportunities to learn. Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know why some folk don't grow? It's because they're not hungry. Because hungry folk eat. Hungry folk eat. That's why everybody can't stay at this church. And God only draws those who are supposed to be here because I'm not serving you dessert because I'm, I don't care about your feelings. Amen. I'm concerned about your soul. I'm not trying to make you feel good. I ain't a feel-good preacher. I'm not trying to tickle your fancy. And I'm sure not trying to be popular. You get mad at me, just get over it. Because I'm going to keep on preaching the word. This is the church that the word of God built. You see, many fail to grow because they are not in position to eat God's word at feeding time. Many fail to grow because they are not in position to eat God's word at feeding time. You continually being absent from the table where the bread is being broken. You don't come to eat. You are absent when it's critical that you ought to be here. And you give yourself these whimsical excuses to keep yourself from growing. And that's what people who are not growing have more issues. And let me tell you something else. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. People who are growing in the word need less counseling. That's right. We have that Nuthetic Counseling Conference coming. All of you have those pamphlets in your hand. Do you realize the word of God is therapeutic? And if you're being infused with the word of God, you don't need so many people counseling you. That's right. Folk that need more counseling are folk who are not in position to eat, or if they're eating, they're not applying what they eat. I'm not through with y'all yet. Spiritual growth transcends numerical growth. There are a lot of folk get excited about big churches, 
thousands of members. Listen, you can get a crowd to a fight. You can play basketball and get a crowd. You can play a college bowl game and get a crowd. Huh? Some of y'all going to crowd out houses at these playoff games. Crowds don't impress God. You can, be, you can have a crowd but not be healthy. Spiritual growth transcends numerical growth. Growing in numbers numerically is good. But what is far better is that we grow healthy, that we grow in spiritual depth, that we grow in substance, and that we grow in vitality. I'd rather have 50 members who are growing than have 2,000 members who are not growing and you got all kind of hell in the house. That's right. You got more fights, more backstabbing, more bickering, more folk killing each other, assassinating, assassinating each other, character. I'd rather have 50 folk who are growing than I have 2,050 that are immature. You drive me to an early grave. You hard to pastor. Hard to pastor. Unbiblical folk are hard to pastor. And you, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. God is not stunned about your emotional hype. How high you jump. How high loud you holler. And, and you, amen. amen, pastor. You got, I like amens. But if you're not going to do that after the amen, be quiet. You see, the worst thing you can have is a house full of emotional devils. They're just emotional. They shout, shout on out. Don't give, don't offer, don't serve. Woo! Just shouting all over the place. God is not concerned about how high you shout. He's more concerned about how you walk when you land. at all these points. Uh, let me go a couple of more, maybe three more. Do you believe in the exclus- exclusivity of the gospel and are you passionately, intentionally react, reaching the loss for Jesus Christ? Do you believe in the exclusivity of the gospel and are you passionately, intentionally reaching the loss with the gospel of Jesus Christ? You see, do you believe, in other words, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way? Or do you believe you can get to heaven through Buddha and through Islam and all the other isms? Hmm? Romans 10, 1 says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. When the last time you pray for your brother, your sister, your family member, your sibling, your coworker, your neighbor, some rebellious person in your life, your own child or grandchild to be saved. My prayer and heart's desire is that my grandchild be saved. Huh? That co-worker be saved. That boss be saved. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me, Jesus, in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, Samaria and to the end of the earth. Acts 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says, for this is good acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge 
of the truth. That's even folk you don't like. You ought to pray for folk who get on your last nerve that they be saved. That's right. For folk who persecuting you, you ought to be praying for that they be saved. Black folk need saving. White folk need saving. Hispanic folk need saving. If you don't know what you are, you need saving. You broke, you need saving. You wealthy, you need saving. All folk, we ought to be praying that they be what? You see, the loss requires us, I'm sorry, the Lord, the Lord requires us to tell the truth about Jesus to those who are lost and headed to a Christless eternity. The Lord requires us to tell the truth about whom? Jesus, to those who are lost and headed to a Christless eternity. We are also here to represent God on earth and share the gospel to those who are perishing. See, we're here to tell the truth about Jesus to those who are lost and headed to a crisis eternity. And we're also, we're an ambassadors, we're to represent God on earth, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who are perishing. You see, my friend, the greatest disservice you can do to those whom you interact with is not sharing the gospel with them. That's the greatest disservice you can do to that person. And for them to be in your life, and not share the gospel. I was uh, at H-E-B shopping. This young man, he said, uh, got to take the groceries out. I said, yes. And sometimes they don't ask. I'll tell, ask them to. He took my groceries out to the car. I said, do you know Jesus? This boy got so, he's about 19. He got so happy in the Lord. He said, oh, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. You know, he said, I want to be a pastor. God is calling me to be a pastor. I said, give me a five. He said, I'm going to give you a high five. I said, man, I feel like running. Why don't you just run? I said, I'm going to see you. He said, you are. And he got so excited and so lit up that he was meeting a person that was telling him about Jesus, a person with whom he can share his vision from the Lord too. And this boy almost jumped away from my car because he was connecting with another saint who's serving where he wants to be. Wow. That's all. I was eating at uh, Mama's Cafe or something there on Pat Booker, and I was going up to pay my bill. And this girl was kind of bored, and she was just drawing. And she was drawing pictures. She was so bored. And I said, may I have your pen? And she said, yeah. I said, I'm going to draw you a picture. And so I began to draw her a picture. And she was figuring out. And then another, another waitress came over to see what I was drawing. And they said, that's a church. I said, yeah, it's a church. I had a steeple and all that. It's just a church. And then I wrote on that, Jesus loves you. And they were so impacted by that picture. I took her bored self and drew, made an opportunity to witness because she was bored and began to draw. And I drew evangelistic and put some message, put a message under there to the glory of God. Use every opportunity. I told you uh, last year, I was watching my son and I, RG3, record-breaking game in an Alamo Dome. Y'all remember that game? It looked like a basketball score, and they won. <laughs> Baylor won. This guy behind me got so excited, and he jumped, and all of his beer baptized me. <laughs> I could have said, you, what you, you, Look what you did. Don't you know I'm a preacher? 
I didn't do that. I turned around and looked at him. He said, I'm so sorry, sir, I'm so sorry. I said, it's okay. It's, it's cleanable. By the way, do you know Jesus? <laughs> and everybody now that I was looking, everybody in that whole section got quiet. I said, I'm the pastor of Maranatha Bible Church, and I want to tell you about Jesus in this football arena. I want to tell you that he came in the fullness of time to die for your sins, buried and raised. Do you know Jesus? And the rest of that game, he could not move. He said, a hundred thousand folk in this stadium and I baptize a preacher in beer. Now y'all get so mad at what folk do to you that you can't be a witness. God is testing your maturity and he's going to see if you're going to use that incident to glorify him and bear witness instead of getting all bent out of shape as to what he or she did to you. And you miss your God moment. And you're flunking it. You see, the gospel is exclusive in that Jesus is the only way to heaven in a world that says there is many way, there are many ways to God. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way, friends. Acts 4, 12, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other name except the name of who? Jesus. The Gospel of John 8, 24 says, Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. In other words, if you don't believe that I'm God, you're going to die in your sins. Beloved, because Jesus has no equal, because he has no equal, because Jesus alone is both God and man, because Jesus is the only one sufficient and qualified to redeem us by dying on the cross for our sins, we are saved only through, great, through faith alone, grace alone, and Christ alone. I, I, I reiterate it because that's more that's you really have to get that because Jesus has no what equal. He has no equal. He alone is both God and man. He is the only one sufficient and qualified to redeem us by dying on the cross for our sins. He's the only one. There would never be another redeemer. We're saved only through faith alone. Saved only through grace alone. Saved only through Christ alone. Alone, alone. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only hope for America. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only hope for America. We do not need more church programs. We do not need prosperity, feel-good preaching. We do not need more psychology. We do not need more self-help programs. We do not need more rehabs. We do not need more prisons. We got a whole lot of prisons, but, but America's still going to hell in, in, in droves. We do not need more self-enhancing medical procedures. We do not need more laws passed by Congress. What America needs is the glorious good news of Jesus Christ. He saves from the guttermost to the uttermost. 
You listen, sinners don't need rehabbing, they need saving. They need transforming. They need to be transformed by the glory of Almighty God. Two more and I'll be done. Have you experienced an increase or decrease in your commitment of serving in ministry to the work of the Lord? Or do you sit, soak, and sour? <laughs> Have you experienced an increase or what? Decrease in your commitment of serving in ministry to the work of the Lord? Or do you sit comfortably in that seat to sit, soak, and sour? Joshua 22, 5 says, but take careful heed to do the commandments and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to keep his commandments, to hold fast to him and to serve him with all, to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul. John 9, 4 says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. 1 Corinthians 15, 18 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor, your work, is not in vain in the Lord. My friends, the work of God is too great, and people have too many needs for you not to be serving in ministry. That's everybody in here that's a member of this church. I just said the work of God is too what? Great. And the people right in this church, visitors and members alike, they have too many needs for, for, for us to not be serving in ministry. You see, the Lord has given us the gift of a brand new year. He's given us the gift of a brand new year for us to give him the best of our service to him. Jesus served unto death and expect us to do likewise. Mark 10, 45 says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. Many of you come to serve, you, many of you come to be served and don't serve. That's antithetical to the ministry of Jesus. For Mark 10, 45 says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You say you love God. Where is your service? Where all these tables are right here to sign up uh, after the benediction for you to look around and ask God to prayerfully convict you to a ministry. And if you can walk out of here and don't sign up, that's indicative of your spiritual life. How sad it is. Last but not the least. Some of y'all say, I'm so glad this is the last. Are you a closet Christian? Or is the light of Christ shining brightly through you in a dark, decadent world? Are you a what kind of Christian? Closet Christian. Or is the light of Christ shining brightly through you in a dark, decadent world? Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and give and gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men 
that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Some big insights I want to give. Keep your seat belt buckled. You say, it's been buckled long enough. Just one, this is the last point, series of points under this. You said series, okay. With all, listen, with all the evil in this corrupt world and persecution against Christ and his church, this is not the time to be a closet Christian or ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many of y'all see all this sin all around? The corruption, the persecution, huh? the blasphemy, and all the other stuff. This is no time for us to be in closets while everybody else is out of the closet. It's no time to be ashamed of the gospel. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek to shine for Christ means that we must live out the truth of God's word. To shine for Christ means we must live out the truth of God's word. To shine for Christ means to stand for the truth. It means to speak out against sin, especially when people are blatantly sinning right in your face. This is no time for you to have your head in the sand or to allow your voice to be silenced because of political correctness. No time. Similar to the Chick-fil-A incident last year, Hobby Lobby stands to lose $1.3 million daily in fines if it does not provide contraception coverage such as the morning after pill to its employees as mandated in the Affordable Care Act. That's Obamacare. They have filed a lawsuit which they feel violates their deeply held religious beliefs. Many are praising the owner, David Green, and the company as they take a stand for truth and shine for Christ. Just like folk are going, were going to Chick-fil-A in droves, now they're going to Hobby Lobby in droves in support of owner Green. On the contrary, Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion provider, received a record $542 million in taxpayers. Say taxpayers. That's our money. Your money. My money. Support to support, uh, support in 2012. Making a steady increase in government funding. The number shows roughly 45% of Planned Parenthood's budget now come from taxpayers' dollars to kill babies. We cried and, and we rightfully so over those children that were slain in Connecticut. But we ought to be weeping even more for the mil- countless millions that are being slaughtered in those abortion slaughtered houses. Where are the tears for that? While one company is being persecuted for letting their light shine, the other is being rewarded for the murder of innocent unborn babies, which is violating violation of the Lord's commandment in Exodus 20, 2013, which says, you shall not murder. I repeat, while one company is being persecuted for letting their light shine, The other is being rewarded for the murder of innocent unborn babies, which is a violation of the Lord's commandment 
in Exodus 20, 13, which says, you shall not murder. Now, see, it got very quiet then, and rightfully so. I close with this statement. Church, wake up and stop being the proverbial frog in the pot of water on the stove. It had the capacity to leap out of the pot, but fails to do so because of the increase, because the increase of the heat was so subtle and so gradual that it didn't realize it was being boiled until it was too late. Stayed right there, had the capacity to leave out, but stayed there and boiled to death because the heat was turned up so subtly, so gradually, until when that frog realized what was happening, frog was dead. Is that you? Is that you? America is on fire and we are boiling all around and you are in the pot of America and don't realize you are boiling and when it comes your time to die, too late. And all God's children said, and Father, we thank you. As confessed believers in the only true and living God, we miss out on countless blessings due to our lack of faithfulness, obedience, and service. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everything we need is at our disposal. When will we trust God enough to believe and depend on His Word? If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.